just a warm welcome to our first service of the new year. Um, lots of people are away. I'm Paula. I'm just one of the church members, but I'm just here um, welcoming Carol, who's uh, going to be doing our service. She hasn't run off. Carol Richardson, thank you for coming, and your husband, Sean. Warm welcome. Good morning. It's lovely to be with you again. Um, Sean and I are from Bury St. Edmunds, and we want to bring greetings from Southgate Church in Bury St. Edmunds. I hope you've had a great week. I hope you've had a great Christmas and a great New Year. We had our grown-up children um, with us for Christmas, but they quickly went home for New Year because it's much more exciting to have New Year parties, apparently not in Bury St. Edmunds. <laughs> it's lovely to be with you. You've obviously got a great enthusiasm to put the decorations down. I've only spoken to about three people, and three people have said, shall we put the decorations away? <laughs> So we've had Christmas, that was great, and now let's get on with the new year. And really that's the theme of our service, thinking about the new year. Here we are, the first Sunday of January, the first Sunday of 2016. How are we going to spend 2016? Well, one of our prayers is that we're going to honour Jesus in 2016, and that's the song that we're going to start with. Jesus is the name we honour. So let's start that song and let's praise God that we will do this this morning, but also right through the year. Let's stand to sing. We're going to start with a prayer that the Baptist Union has written for the beginning of New Year. So I'm going to pray that and then we'll have a more general opening prayer. But this is particularly for today, for January, the first Sunday in 2016. Lord of the years, we thank you that you are our beginning and our end. Lord, we thank you that you are everlasting and we place each day of 2016 within your care. Eternal Father, we thank you and trust you because you have been faithful in the past. We thank you for your faithfulness in 2015. We thank you for your constant care that we can recognise as we look back over last year. And now, Lord, we praise you for our future. Because we know in our future you will love us, you will keep us, and you will give us opportunities to serve you. And Lord, we long to do that through the power of your Holy Spirit In the name of your eternal Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So have you got any plans already for the year ahead? We have a few plans. Um, We plan to go and see the mystery plays in York Minster. My daughter lives in York and the mystery plays are in the Minster and we're going to go and do that in June. That's one plan. Nick has a plan to cycle cross-country that way, I think. I think it's going north, then east, and then west again. Sean has a plan to cycle as well. He's going to go, he's planning, we're going to wait and see how it goes, to do the whole length. We'll see, that's September. We'll see how the training goes. We can do, we can plan other things apart from cycle rides, okay? (laughs) If you have plans that are not cycle rides, I'm glad to hear them, because I'm not planning to do any of those kind of things, maybe little bits. Anybody got any plans, any things they might feel they might want to do in 2016? Any holidays? 
Whoa. Oh, yeah, somebody has. Great. What's your plan? You're going to Mallorca? Yeah, Mallorca, 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 it doesn't matter how you say it. I'm sure you say it in the Spanish way and I say it in the Suffolk way, yes. Fantastic, I've been there once, it was absolutely beautiful. Great sunshine. What month are you planning, summer or August? Wow, it'll be really hot, it be lovely, on the beach, swimming in the sea. That's a great plan, fantastic. Anybody else got any plans? Well, we have... 300, well not now because two have gone, but 366 days, it is a leap year, we have an extra day to fill in 2016. How are we going to fill that time? I wonder. I have a little illustration, I really hope it works. It worked at home, didn't it Sean? And I need a volunteer. Somebody like to come and help me? Thank you. What's your name? Matthew, brilliant man. Oh. <clears throat> right, Matthew. I want you to imagine that these are all the things that we are planning to do in 2016. So we've got cycling, we've got holidays, but we've also got school, and we've got work, and we've got, we've got to eat, we've got to cook the things that we're going to eat, we're going to sleep, we've got to do housework, Lots and lots of things that we have to do in 2016, yeah? Okay. Could you put them into that box? You can do it. You can almost pour it in, I should think, if we're careful. Great. So we've virtually filled 2016 with all those kind of mundane things that we want to do. Some of them will be fun. Some of them we have to do. Can we fit God into 2016? Not really. Poor old God is getting absolutely squeezed out. That's good. That was a good illustration. I didn't even think of that. Well done. Squeezed out. Yep. Right, we need to get these back in here. This is not going to work. Right. 2016, apart from a couple of days that have gone, we have an empty year ahead of us. Let's put God in first. Okay? God, the largest, the most important thing in our lives, our priority for 2016, goes first. We put God first. Then, let's put the rest in. Should be able to pour it in again, I think. I think think you're going to be surprised. Go on. Yay. Brilliant. Can you get the lid on? Whoa, give him a clap. When we put God first, all the other mundane things will still fit in the year. The holiday to Mallorca, the cycle rides, the school, the housework, everything else fits in. But we have God there right at the centre of our year. Because we put God in first. If we try to put everything else in first, we don't put God first and God gets squeezed out. Can you testify to that? Can you agree to that in your life? I can put my hand up and say, absolutely, that happens to me so often. I think, oh yeah, I'll pray later, I'll pray later, and suddenly the day's gone. 
If I don't remember anything else from today, I pray I'm going to remember this, that I need to put God first in 2016. We want to put God first in our year for two reasons. First of all, he deserves to be first. And secondly, we need to put him first to get our lives right. And we're going to, spend two, we're going to sing two songs to worship God now. To tell him that he is worthy of our praise. And to remind ourselves that that's the right priority in our lives. So we're going to sing, our God is a great big God. He's worthy of our praise. And then bless the Lord, O my soul. There are 10,000 reasons why we should be praising him. So let's stand and give God our worship, give him our best. You notice the last verse of that song was the reason that I chose it, because it talked about the time, the time that we have to worship God. And that when our, it starts with the sun rising in the first verse and goes on to the end of our lives. And yet it says, and yet we will still have time 10,000 years, a picture of eternity to be with God. And that's what we're thinking about this morning, how we're going to use our time. We thought about filling our 2016, putting God first. And we're going to look at two Bible passages today. And the first one, I hope the young people are going to help us with. We're not going to read it, but they're going to act it out for us. And it's a parable of Jesus that he talked about using our time, using our gifts, using our talents for him. So we need a little bit of space. Now, this is totally pinched from Riding Lights. That's the copyright, okay? I take no credit for this at all. This is going back in time, isn't it? Anybody remember this book? Whoa, way, way back. Nearly 30 years, probably more. Okay, so we're thinking about Matthew 25, where Jesus was challenging people about serving God. God has given us so much. He's given us 2016. He's given us time. He's given us talents. How are we going to use that time for him? And Jesus, as always, well, as so often, told a story. So I'd like some people, hopefully young people, but it doesn't have to be, to help me with my story. I need a master, a boss. Who wants to be the boss? Anybody wants to be the boss? Matthew wants to be the boss, but he's going to help. Anybody else? Matthew, you're the boss. You know, you should always be the boss in a story. You're going to end up being the servants. You had the opportunity. Thank you, Matthew. You can just stand over there at the moment. Thanks. Right. Who else? We now need three servants. Excellent. Great. We've got three. Fantastic. Come on out. That's wonderful. What's, what's your name? Tegan. Tegan. Tegan, got that right? Tegan, come over here a minute. Thank you very much. In a minute or two, you're going to hold that. So just put that down there for the time. All right, servant number two, your name is? Daniel. Dan. Daniel, okay. Daniel, you clever? Good. Because this is a laptop. Oh, it's a laptop bag. It hasn't got the laptop in it. You've got to pretend it's got a laptop in it, okay? 
clever computer in there. Okay, just put it down for the moment. And you are... Number three. You are number three. Do you have a name, number three? No. No? Just a number. Just a number? Okay. Well, that's quite good you've got a bit of attitude. I wanted someone with attitude. So, number three... A scarf, but it is actually a... Which, what kind of scarf? Who wears the scarf? A begins with an S. Student. A lazy student. You're actually at St. Catherine's, Cambridge now, right now. But you're actually lazy, dead lazy, lazy student. Okay, you need two little... That's excellent, you can do that, that's fantastic. Brilliant, you need two little props. Brilliant. So Jesus told a story about three servants, Tegan, Dan, and number three. Once upon a time, there was a boss, a master, who had three servants, Tegan, Dan, and number three. And the boss came to his servants and said, I'm going on a long journey. I want you to look after my money while I've gone. Okay? And he gave Tegan 10,000 pounds. Tegan, if you put your hand out. Can you count out ten very quickly? One. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. Thank you. Thanks. Just put that in your pocket nice and safe for a minute. Great. Well done. He gave Dan five thousand pounds. One, two, three, Thanks, Dan. Put it safely in your pocket. Brilliant. And he gave number three one thousand pounds. Thank you. And the master went on a long journey, packed his toothbrush, gave a wave goodbye. Are you waving? Bye. Bye. And off he went. Just grab a seat anywhere there, that's fine. Thank you. Now, Tegan was good at gardening. So she pulled on her wellies. Put your wellies. You've got your wellies on. You've got your wellies on? No. Yeah, you have. That's fantastic. Talk about planning ahead. Their boots, not wellies, but they, yeah, they pretty, look pretty good in the rain. Fantastic. Pulled on her wellies, bought a spade, and spent the whole £10,000 on an allotment, a glass house, seeds, bulbs, and got planting and digging. Start working hard. You're planting carrots. What other vegetables might you want to plant? Um, Broccoli. No, um, not cabbage. Cabbage? Good, good Fenlander. Cabbage. I'm from the Fens as well. Beetroot. Beetroot? Brilliant. Right, start growing your cabbage, your beetroot, your broccoli, your carrots, your potatoes. Fantastic. And Tegan worked hard. Well done. Now, Dan was bright, intelligent. He got £5,000. He thought, I'm going to buy a new laptop... Get your laptop out. He bought a new laptop. He made a spreadsheet. I'm going to invest my money in the top businesses that I think are going to do the best over the next year, 2016. So he started tapping away on his laptop. Pretend, if you like. Yeah, that's great. Looked at the market, studied the newspapers, worked hard at his business. Now, number three was a lazy student. He thought, I've got a thousand pounds, I'm going to do 
No. Absolutely nothing. But I'm going to look after the money because, you know, I'm, I might be lazy, but I'm not. I'm a good guy. I'm not going to steal it or anything. So he put the money, wrapped it up in a cloth, put the money in that cloth, wrap it up nice and great. That's really good. We're good at wrapping. Hold that for a second. Put it in a box. Jesus said he put it in a box. And then gave it to Tegan to bury. No, you just put it. You could actually did the work and buried it yourself. Yeah, just un, you can just do it under the table. That'll make it nice and easy. Just hid it away in a cupboard. Excellent. And number three, kind of relaxed and chilled. Way. And the others worked hard. And time flew, as it always does. The master's coming. The master's coming. The master's coming. Quick, stand up. Stand up. Look smart, smart. The master's coming. The master's coming back. The master returned when they least expected it. And he wanted to know what had happened to his property, to his money. So he comes to Tegan. If you understand here, so we can all see Tegan. And Tegan said, well, the apples got frostbite, but I sold a lot of potatoes at market. I sold beetroot. I sold carrots. I sold loads of cabbages. I'm good at cabbage. Here is £20,000 back. The master said, shook hands. Well done, Tegan. You have doubled the amount I gave you. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Dan said, well, I didn't see that oil prices was going to drop, but I invested in lots of different businesses, made lots of money. Here is £10,000. And the master said, well done, Dan. You've doubled what I've given you. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And number three said... Well, I knew that you was a harsh master and I was really worried that I might lose the money and so I did nothing. Absolutely nothing. You better show him that. The master was not proud of him. Not at all proud of him. He says, you're all talk. You are a lazy servant. You have done nothing with everything I gave you I'm going to throw you out of my presence. Can you throw him off the stage? Thank you. Shall we give them all a clap? Well done. You can just leave that there. That's fantastic. Just leave that there. Thank you. Thank you very much, you you four, for helping us think about Jesus' parable. Let's just bow our heads and have a moment of reflection as we think about how that speaks to us today. God is our master, our boss. He has given us 366 days to serve him. And one day, we will need to give an account of how we have used that time, how we have used the gifts that he's blessed us with. And so we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you for the time that you've given us. And we pray that we might use our time and our talents for you. We're going to do two things now to kind of commit ourselves to God for 2016. We're going to give our collection. 
And in that, we're giving our money. But as we stand up when the money is brought forward, we're going to say, not only we give our money, Lord, but we give ourselves. As we stand, we're saying, Lord, take me and use me in 2016. And after our offering, we're going to sing the song, Jesus Be the Center, where we're saying, Jesus, be the center of everything I do and everything I say and my whole year ahead. So let's take these, new two, these next two parts of our service as a step of commitment to say, we don't want to be like number three, the lazy one. We want to use the year ahead for you, Lord. So let's, first of all, bring our offering to our Heavenly Father. We've been thinking about time, and we're going to have our Bible reading now, which talks about there is a time for everything. And Rob is going to come and read it. Thank you, Rob. The reading is from Ecclesiastes, chapter 3 starting at the first verse. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. We thank God for his reading. Let's just pray and ask that God would speak to us through it. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that over the years you have encouraged us through it. You've taught and challenged and rebuked us at times. And Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit you might bring your word alive again today and encourage us that we might go home with a message for 2016. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. That's a great reading, a wonderful reading about time. You might pick out a verse there that you um, think is your favourite. I think if my husband and I had to pick out a verse, mine would be, there's a time to throw away, and his would be, there's a time to keep. More of that later, maybe, when we're at home. I'll say, God has spoken to me through... No, not really. I love thinking about time. 
Shauna, this is really sad, I'm admitting this, okay? But we actually have competition to guess the time when we don't have a clock or a watch. And I love that competition because I always win. Sean, bless him, is very clever, but he doesn't have much concept of time. He never knows what the time is, do you? Never. Hasn't got a clue. Whereas I, probably because I live by a routine, because I'm a teacher, I always know what the time is, you know, even if there isn't a watch. And also, it's kind of your stomach, isn't it? You know, 11 o'clock, it's break time, there's a cup of coffee, it's... I know what the time is. And so we play the game, if we're on a bike ride or something with no watch, we'll guess what the time is and then we'll look it up on our phone and I win. It fascinates me, time as well, because if you go travelling into space, time goes at a different pace. I was listening to a radio play the other day where there was this younger twin. Is anybody a twin here? Well, this younger twin was really frustrated because he was, he was only younger by about 10 minutes. And yet all his life he'd been the younger son, the younger twin. And his big brother had got everything. And he'd been interested in space, but his big brother had got to be the astronaut. And his big brother was going in this story to Mars. He was going into space for a long time. And he was celebrating because when he came back, he would be the older twin. Because we time, we time differently, we age differently if you're in space as to on Earth. Now that's really getting the brain going. I love films and books about time travel. It's just getting your brain around the concept of it. And if you went back, would things really be changed now or parallel universes? I love thinking about that kind of thing. But time is a gift from God. Sometimes we don't feel it's a gift, we feel it's a restraint, but it is a gift to use. And our reading today, well, gives us lots of encouragements, but we're just going to take two of them to take into the year ahead. And I don't expect you to remember both of them, but I hope you'll take one of them home in your mind and think about it as an encouragement for the year ahead. And the first encouragement is that Our time is in God's hands. Our time is in God's hands. And that was the first verse that we heard read. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven. So let's put that there. Maybe that might be the encouragement that you need to hear this morning. That your time is in God's hands. God has appointed the times and the seasons, the events of our lives. The happy times, the sad times, the easy times, the difficult times. There is going to be change in the year ahead, isn't there? We've just read of all the different things that will happen. There will be a time when people plant things and there will be a time for harvest. There will be births. Maybe you know somebody that's expecting a baby. But sadly, we will all know people that die in 2016 as well. There will be time to go on holidays to Mallorca, but there will also be time to go to work. There will be good things that happen to us, things that we can rejoice, but there will be difficult things that we will face too in the year ahead. But the good news is that through all those changes... 
we know that our times are in God's hands. He has appointed everything. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven. And that beautiful phrase that Rob read in verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. If we do, like we thought about with the box, if we put God first at the centre, we prayed that Jesus would be the centre, we've sung that. If we put God in our box of time first and commit our time to him, then he will guide us and lead us through the ever-changing activities of 2016. We know that we're going to face lots of change, but God does not change. Those two really encouraging verses in Malachi, he says, I am the Lord and I do not change. And in Hebrews chapter 13, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our times are in God's hands. Our names are engraved on his palm. Isaiah encourages us with that in, verse, in chapter 49, verse 13. So maybe you're looking at the year ahead with a little worry. What am I going to do? What, how, what am I going to face? It feels difficult. Well, if that is how you feel, then take that verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, home with you. That your time is in God's hand. 2016 is in his hands and he will walk with you. That chapter that Rob read, the the verses that he read, ends with a beautiful phrase. If you've got it open in front of you, you might want to look at it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. God sets eternity in our hearts. I'm just going to give you a second or two. What on earth do you think that means? God sets eternity in our hearts. <clears throat> Maybe you want to take that encouragement home with you. Verse 11. God sets eternity in our hearts. You see, we're in a world where everything seems, whoa, I'm going to have to pick that up, seems determined by time. Let's hope that stays. It almost feels like everything is set and determined what you've got to do. I have got to teach year 11, set 3XY at 9.20 on Tuesday, the 5th of January. Do you know what I mean? Your time is set out for you. Everything's determined. But God says we're made for more than that. We're in this world where we seem constrained by time, but God has set eternity in our hearts. We are made for more. We are made in the image of God. We are filled by his Holy Spirit if we are followers of Jesus. We are not bound by this small amount of time. We have eternity to spend with God. 
We have eternity to worship God. We have eternity to delight in God. God has set eternity in our hearts. I think that's a beautiful phrase. And you can think about it and ponder about it and meditate on it. And there's so much in it. It's saying that we are here to have a future. Not just this time on earth, but a future with God. It's saying that God is saying there is more to life than just the mundane. God is giving us a taster, a pointer that there is more to life. It's a challenge, that is. But also, it's an encouragement that there is a hope. Even if things in this world are not going well for us, we have eternity in our hearts. We have the long view. God says, follow me. Put me first and discover the depth of love and the eternity of love that I have for you. Start seeing things with my perspective. We see things with the perspective of time, but God sees things with the perspective of eternity. And he has come that we might have life. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I've come to give you abundant life, life in all its fullness. So maybe we want to go home with that verse in our hearts. We are not constrained by the routine, by the timetable that 2016 might seem to offer us. God has put eternity in our hearts and we need to see the big picture. And God fills us with a thrill and a hope and a joy and a delight because he has made us for more. I'm going to give you a moment or two to just read those two verses and to perhaps memorize one of them. This is the first verse of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and that's from verse 11. And then I'm going to pray. Let's have a moment of quiet. Great, great heart of my own heart. Let's start reading it from that that sentence, the last sentence of that line. Let's pray together. Great heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all.